0: Good evening everyone and welcome to the 40k Fireside Podcast. I'm David Gaylord and I'm joined by my good friend Vic Vijay. Together, we discuss 40k in the meta from our perspective, along with events we've recently been to and those that have got coming up. So come on down to the Fireside and listen.
1: And welcome back everyone to episode 23 of 40k Fireside. It's good to be back uh, i missed the last episode but i'm, I'm back in action now uh, me and dave are gonna go through a few interesting things so we're gonna focus this episode down onto birmingham team tournament mm-hmm. which is the the largest team event that's uh, that's happened in the uk um this event was a singles event but it's now been switched over to a teams event I thought okay, maybe it'll be less popular, but it is crazy popular. The tickets are fully sold out. Um, is it 300 players, Dave? I think it's over 300. I just refreshed oh the page 63 teams, so 315 players. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big team event, guys. And this is teams of five players, um, here, and it, it's played through the kind of similar UKTC mission format and uh i think it's going to be a really really interesting event we've got a pretty balanced meta and teams tends to just even out any bumps in the meta mm-hmm. uh, and i think in this situation it's going to create for a very exciting set of games throughout this tournament what do you think dave
0: yes yeah, so if you weren't aware the team tournament is structured the same uh, mission format that the UKTC plays and it's a 5v5 teams and in addition to that the there is no table swap or uh, mission swap or or terrain pack swap every single table plays on the same terrain so it's a little bit reductionist from the kind of WTC um, standard perhaps where you can adjust the terrain but it means that you can really hone in on the way that your factions work together and really hone in on how your team's factions might play the tournament structure and how the what maybe the latter rounds for the missions that you might want to uh, be more teched towards against so yeah I'm really excited about it. it's really cool fives is really cool I think it's a really nice um way to have the team I think we're actually at the point in the UK where we could do eights that would be even cooler as well because <laughs> we have 350 people I'm sure we could get eight people um you know if these people could get eight people together there are some teams with with three teams there are, I think try hard Wargaming uh from the discord server try hard. Uh, wargaming discord they have three teams 15 players coming which is uh, awesome to see so i'm really chumped uh, to see them and i know they'll be out there in their uh their war gaming apparel as well
1: <laughs> yeah i do think that the interesting thing about fives with set terrain on every single board is that it really um matches well with how singles play yeah for sure so i think it's very accessible for people and they can kind of create their lists and interpret the results of these events in much more of a singles minded way which is still where the uk is mostly at Mm -hmm. um so i think this is the perfect gateway to kind of you know team events and it Mm. makes sense why it's so popular
0: yeah for sure but we've had it for over two years i want to say now i think when was the the first one i played was a dice down uh so I think the
1: international team tournament, yeah, yes, that yeah. one uh...
0: so I think maybe we could maybe we could get room for the eights, but I guess from a business standpoint the same amount of people would probably come or fives or eights. So it doesn't really make that mm-hmm. much of a difference. But I did want to touch on one thing you said. The meta has kind of flattened out and in teams it really flattens out a lot more, particularly now I think, because space marines being kind of dominant in kind of a lot of different flavours are all rolled into one codex now. So you can only have one space marine player. So I think that's allowed a lot of breathing room for other uh, other codexes to come through.
1: Yeah. And I don't think necessarily there is one like optimal, you can't just say these five factions are way better than everything else in this combination. Um, So there's a lot of room for people to experiment across their their lists, even with the top factions, you know, we could say like Eldar and God um, are really, really strong, Mm -hmm. but Many teams don't have either of those, and the team still looks strong.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, should we perhaps? It's a good thing. I'm um, point to go off on. Should we go through? Because I'm going to disagree with exactly what you just said. Of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> should we go through and look at what we think the top kind of? I guess should we limit, limit it to eight? Maybe is a good uh, a good way
1: of doing it the eight best teams yeah no the eight
0: best I, factions i think going into it eight best um, factions. oh okay yeah this, this is an a, introduction yeah, oh yeah. my god this is a tough okay. one though guys because there is a there's so much debatability and not only are you going to evaluate the factions in terms of their singles performance but you can't have your team faction kind of breakdown be um be too similar across the board i think right you want to have some armies that are perhaps more melee oriented and good against something else and then some armies that are, you know, maybe have two armies that are good against one army. So you can have what's called a pin. Uh, so there are, you can't just go, these are the five best singles lists, because there might be a clear weakness amongst all of those lists to one style of list. Did that come out all right? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. makes complete sense. Okay, so so I think the best two are, uh, and and just for preface, we've done quite a bit of testing in our team, pairing, practice, and, and re- we've reached out for information with Team Ignite. Uh, I think the best two are Iron Hands and Eldari. That would be my top two. Yeah, for singles, no right? teams. I think in terms of if you were to take construct the best kind of teams list, I think undoubtedly there's not really much debate whether you take Iron Hands and Eldari for your, you know, two of your factions within the five that you're taking here, right?
1: Yeah, you see, uh, for me, I'm not as cut and dry. I, me and Dave have a lot of discussions about this because um sometimes what can happen is when you kind of practice in and around people your views get distorted a little bit like i play against you and nas as Mm. my practice people and i talk to you guys a lot and sometimes when i my opinions i have about guard if i compare it to how say the europeans are talking about god um there's just vast differences in how much we rate the power level of the faction based on who we talk to and I saw that very much in your kind of Warhammer Fest game, your finals against um, against Innis, mm. and he was playing Iron Hands. Iron Hands widely kind of people have decided is very very good faction, very strong. Mm-hmm. And Guard, people have decided, you know, they're kind of up and down a little bit about it. And all the discussion I had during that that when you were playing the game was everyone was saying, oh, Innis is just going to absolutely crush Dave. Like there's not not even a game here. Yeah. And actually when like you break it down, like if you were playing it smart, this is what Dave can do to make this a really close game. And you did exactly what I was kind of typing out. Mm. And people were like, hold on a second. I think it was Typhus from Team Poland who was just like, I've never seen someone play guard like this. Yeah. And that may be a thing. You may have never seen someone play Eldari like how Liam VSL plays it yeah um and that's going to influence I think our our kind of opinions here a little bit okay but you, I 100 agree and I think a lot of the viewers also have that kind of
0: your local games if you're a kind of a player that plays at your local game store right and maybe the best two players at your local game store only play this faction then you kind of think, oh, this is the best thing, blah blah blah, and you know, how do I take to beat that? And then you go to a maybe a, a larger tournament, and you, you don't even play those guys, or well, they're not, they're not even there. And then all of a sudden, you're in the, you're in a much bigger pond, uh, which is, you know, can be a bit more representative, so to speak. So, definitely agree. Then that. that's a, that's always, I thing, no matter if you're playing at a local game store, if you're playing in a very tight team like ours, uh, the impact. It can be an echo chamber to some degree, kind of.
1: Yeah. And the Eldar question is an interesting one. And I think this exercise of preparing for a team's tournament where very much you consider your faction against all the other factions in the game and you try and determine how well you do into each one, because the scoring is a little bit different. It's not just win loss. It's actually how much you win or how much you lose games by. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing when I was doing this exercise was Eldar have a lot of games which sit around the draw mark. Mm -hmm so while they may be excellent for singles because they have a very small number of bad matchups like there's very few games they just outright lose yeah. there are very few games uh, possibly that or a smaller amount of games compared to other factions that they really win mm-hmm. yeah and so like when we do a little scoring of how well I do into different team compositions, my score comes out a little bit lower than you know at least three out of our five yep. team members, despite me playing me playing Eldari. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it it does make a difference if it's, you're talking about a single's perspective or a team's perspective. these yeah. factions.
0: Yeah, definitely. My list is kind of similar like that too. I don't I don't feel like God has the potential to push big wins as we would call it. Right. Okay, so if we're gonna, so I've started off with Iron Hands and Eldari uh -hmm. i think the one that so this is a great example because no one in our team plays this uh chaos demons you know extremely popular uh and very strong actually i think in the in the in america chaos demons are very dominant uh and actually in the uk a guy called jack tight good friend of mine uh has i think won 23 games in a row across two gts uh including practice um with his chaos demons disciples of balakor was two uh um two knights with the avenger gatling cannon and um the the bear which is crazy right like so I mean demons I think definitely up there and then we've got uh guard is definitely up there world eaters mm-hmm. is you know interesting uh orcs is really interesting as we'll get onto later necrons is really interesting perhaps not as a good singles list but as a, something that doesn't really lose and has one matchup that might be very good uh did i miss anything those are kind of the the core ones yeah the,
1: the thing is there's a bit of a like I, I know what you're saying when you immediately say Eldar and iron hands because mm. sure statistically Um, you're probably going to say chaos demons and iron hands because Mm -hmm. they are just like all the stats point towards those being the strongest Mm -hmm. Um, but we know from kind of playing and practicing that eldar are up there as well with those yeah and then it starts to become a little bit of a mishmash of things yeah exactly right Um, the
0: the first two seem kind of okay we'll take these two and then the rest is very much up for grabs so to speak right
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know, you can make an argument for loads of different things. You can make an argument for Tau Empire Mm -hmm. uh, being good. Uh, Yeah, GSC being excellent. You know, you mentioned Necrons, World Eaters, Chaos Knights. Chaos Knights, yeah. Um, You know, other Marine factions, uh, Space Wolves, excellent as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and you know, I mean, even people have been testing Emperor's Children and things, getting a bit of success there. Yeah. so i think there's a lot of armies which work really really well and there's only a few factions which actually don't have a functionally good um kind of army that you can play competitively yep um so i don't think you even need to go down to top eight you can just do like here's maybe the best few factions and then everything else kind of works
0: yeah 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 and perhaps a good way of thinking about this is that if you were to go from fives to eights you know you wouldn't really struggle to fill those last three slots out right relative to your other six factions in there oh for sure think. yeah um and in fact you, you're probably still playing that you're probably playing all of the above that we mentioned and then some of those lists might be just a bit more skewed you know in general right like you might play eight Lehman Russes or you might play you know a bunch of uh, horde list for example
1: and try and snipe a match up if you can and I think in these situations where the meta's balanced like this uh, players kind of who have experience on their individual faction mastery of their faction and you know their individual player skill relative to other people becomes kind of very important yeah for sure um and you can see that with our choices of factions in this tournament where we've all picked factions that we have a lot of practice and experience with definitely Um, should we should we segue then here's what we're taking so (laughs) we're uh we so we played last time with our um half
0: teammate point fiver although he's got the apparel coming so he's got the team shirts coming so <laughs> i think he's an official member at this point <laughs> um boris mitchev uh, the owner of badmere cafe and a dear friend of ours playing world eaters so he's been playing it for quite a while and it's-
1: yeah world best world overall at warhammer, warhammer fest. fest as well yeah best overall won at a golden fest. ticket
0: yeah and his army is painted uh, incredibly as well so mm-hmm. uh, he managed to make the top 16 already just won the best over overall and then decided you know i'm gonna go home and spend time with my family after that <laughs> Boom. that's how you do it uh playing world eater so we've got one melee army there and then we've got brian Sype, the the orc himself uh, if you're a listener that perhaps hasn't you know met brian or if you don't really know brian's origins uh you may not know that he is probably the best orc player in the world <laughs> the guy at crushed alpine cup uh recently i think he was the second most scoring player or something like that at alpine uh but with multiple i want to say multiple 20s, but i'm going to preface that but they won the entire alpine cup uh with the stat check team there so he's playing orcs which is another melee uh
1: list for um for us Yeah, I mean, Brian's also Brian says himself, the teams is the best format that he plays in. Ah. And uh, Brian has developed so much as a player over the last six months, you can't even recognize how good he is at the game now. So um, I think, you know, I would almost put him as our most most deadly player in this team, for sure. Um, I
0: I, I think he is personally. I 100 yeah. percent agree. Obviously, you got third at Warhammer Fest uh, uh, last la, the last tournament we played as well, uh, with a very good chance to get in and win it as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we've got me. I'm playing Astro Militarum. So I'm playing uh, something very similar to my Warhammer list, but I've just ticked it a little bit. So it's got a bit more shooting elements to it. If you are a kind of an, an, an avid guard follower, I've removed uh, one of the power sword melee relics. Like, oh no, I had to. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: that's but, wild. Uh,
0: <laughs> and then I've removed uh 10 kadiac uh shock troops and one armored sentinel and i've just put in 10 Caskins and the barbicans key so in teams when you know you can dodge matchups that have no indirect for example you know just having that 100 point unit of Caskin barbican key you can start on the battlefield you can turn it up boom nuke something uh is is really good for teams if you can dodge something and it just adds a it just adds another shooting element to the uk tc format which is probably quite good Absolutely, and then we've got um, uh, Jochel Johansson, who is playing Iron Hands. Uh, I think we've all seen the various what one flavor of iron hand list that everyone seems to run so.
1: it just all seems to fluctuate between do you run 15 desolation marines or 10 do you run yeah. two land speeder storms or one so uh has gone for um 50 15 desolation marines yep. here and only a single Landspeeder Speeder storm yep. and uh, yeah obviously very strong and he's played a lot with iron hands yes. so I think that's um, another one of our people that we think
0: is the pusher as well right solid pick yeah. and then absolutely. you've got uh, you've got Aldari is there
1: any big I've got changes Aldari. for Aldari i mean i've just dropped all of the d cannons uh, mm-hmm. i have single phoenix lord here i have double death justice so Ooh. i play, i played a, a game with uh, Liam vsl took some inspiration from him on things yep. um i've skewed it a little bit for teams i don't have any anti tank it's just mm-hmm. uh, you know loads of shots uh, yep. anti infantry shots so i'm just going to play the mission and try and uh, blow people out if i can yeah double um, nightspinner as well right double Knights
0: got it (laughs)
1: yeah but I mean it's
0: a very difficult list to tackle that one I feel and on some missions your list is just very hard to interact with secondary
1: wise as well yeah and the thing is it pounces on people's mistakes so well uh that I'm just waiting I'm waiting for it give me something you know but we'll we'll see so I think maybe
0: what is my something interesting perhaps is the um thought process when we went through to decide on the final five uh we had Boris playing world eaters who was locked in for all intents and purposes so we were kind of working with four people we knew that we wanted to play iron hands and then Vic and between Vic and Brian you both played our diary so we were kind of locked into playing that as well and Mm -hmm. then I was sort of open to playing anything because as testing went on uh the guard lists don't really perform as well on UKTC I have to say it doesn't feel anywhere near as strong and being a team's list It's not as good because a lot of my games at Warhammer Fest, I was simply winning on a point-for-point basis. Uh, So that was the epitome of a singles um, strategy, I would say. Um, So I've hopefully got some more elements in there to push bigger wins, but I think I'm just a very all-comer list. I can, you know, draw very minor loss against anything in the field. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then we've got Brian on Orcs. So we were kind of worried about having two melee-orientated factions but the tournament structure like we alluded to earlier is such that the scouring is the last mission and the scouring is very very good for world eaters and orcs so there's a chance that um, you know if we make it to the final round those armies could perform very very well but we before that uh we were looking at playing chaos knights. actually um now you know we are I guess one of the one of the top teams here and chaos knights was a serious contender uh, it was the one faction that we were looking at swapping, and we were looking at uh, Yochul playing Chaos Knights, and then moving Brian off Orcs and then onto Iron Hands, so that we had uh, potentially a pin against uh, Aldari, maybe, or we had something great against GSC, or something um, you know, just a bit more anti-infantry, uh, and could perhaps be really good on the scouring as well. So, a lot of decisions, and I think that just goes to show, like we said earlier, just how competitive the the balance is right now, isn't it?
1: yeah absolutely and um it's an interesting one because brian like having a player who's really good on a faction like orcs just feels like oh you have gotta go for it. it's like if we had <laughs> someone who was really good on gene stealer cults mm, yeah you you just you just find a way you to get that in there because that's uh, you know an army that people can really struggle to deal with if they don't understand it or practiced against it much and you won't have for sure against those so and I think, I think maybe powerful. it's
0: worth noting that if you don't play teams regularly a lot of teams operate on a what's called a matrix so you will input your faction and it's expected performance against other factions and now the matrix is very important because it's how you structure your pairings process and if you perhaps insert a you know value of this is a slight win for me because of my experience playing all these other you know uh, stealer cult players or orc players or guard players and then all of a sudden you come against someone who's uh, on a list that is a little bit adjacent to what you've played against and only plays that all of a sudden your your matrix um, might not reflect reality there and that can get you in a tough pickle.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of nuances to actually um, doing teams. Mm. And I'm expecting uh, maybe half of our listeners do have played some teams have some experience and half don't potentially. And, um, you know, with fives, it's quite a simple format to kind of do it. And just to briefly touch on it, um, both teams put down one of their five factions uh, as their attacker. Mm -hmm. And, and then the you'll then put down two defenders who sorry I other way wrong yeah, right, yeah. I? you put other down a defender so and then put, the, you put down two attackers for your opponent's uh, defender yeah. exactly and then your opponent picks one uh and you pick one of the uh the attackers mm-hmm. and then that makes your first two pairings you rinse and repeat for the next two pairings and then the last one will be the remaining two factions yeah um so that's the way it works and that creates a creates a lot of kind of little nuance in who you put as your attackers mm-hmm. who you put as your defenders and some lists will kind of trend towards being better for one or the other yeah and uh, you're will help guide you on that so um i think it's really interesting to see the pairings process um mm-hmm. and i mean you have some experience in it Jokert has is obviously team iceland captain so he has a lot of experience uh, with it i will quote uh Haidar is actually technically the team iceland captain oh but is he Jok- okay, Jokul, uh, does a lot of uh, a lot of work he is the powerhouse in our teams uh, on our teams back end. that's for sure <laughs> for sure and then obviously brian has a lot of experience with scotland yeah. as well so think... we got we've got we've got some knowledge
0: yeah so if if Boris made Team Bulgaria this year, then we would have had five WTC players on our on our team, <laughs> all from different uh, different nations as well. Yeah, really it's awesome. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. So this um that's the team format. I would really encourage you if you're a listener and you haven't played teams before, just go out and try it. It's such good fun. There are so many discords where you can look for a team. Uh, there's always lots of people making mercenary teams or just pickup groups, and. You know if you just want to go and play warhammer 40k where every single game will mean something then um then it's really it's a really good time because even if you lose if you scrape one or two points it can often be the difference maker and there's nothing that much better than getting a loss higher than you should to clinch the round i don't think i think that's the epitome of teams
1: and you play very differently like this mm-hmm. game i had against liam um we were both playing Eldar, so we were doing a mirror the person who goes first and that has a big advantage mm-hmm. and um liam went first into it and uh, i just played ultra defensively just to make sure i don't lose mm-hmm. really badly and the game ended up you know kind of so very close kind of just just in small win territory Mm -hmm. um and i would never have played like that in singles in singles i would have tried to find a way and like sacrificed myself if i had to yeah to try and somehow get a win with a bit of luck look for those one two three four percenter um exactly sometimes you just got to take a chance but you you don't do that as much in teams i think different skill set that's for sure Mm -hmm. uh so
0: should we go through some of the top teams other than ourselves that we think are really kind of contenders
1: here Definitely. Stuff. Should we uh, just jump straight in with Team England? We're straight for it. Team England. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They are
0: the winners previously.
1: Uh, every time. Being... I think they've won every single
0: one Whoa. of these. Someone's <laughs> got to take these guys down. <laughs> uh, and they, of course, have a star studded lineup uh, of all Team England players. We've got mm-hmm. uh, Chris Kinnear on Necrons, Josh Roberts on Space Wolves, Manny Chima on Thousand Sons, Matt Robertson on Aldari. Mike Porter on Gene Steel Cold. So I guess the standout one there is uh, Chima playing Thousand Suns. It's a bit of a curveball, isn't
1: it? It's a bit of a mix-up, isn't it? And uh, it's quite interesting, like to think about the potential reasons why. Hmm. And one thing that I find interesting is, you know, in this particular tournament, if you were going to go in, like for us, we were thinking who is our biggest competitor, and we probably immediately say Team England. Mm-hmm. And then when you're thinking about your list, you would kind of think, oh, you know, what are they going to bring? What are they going to bring? Mm. Is what I'm taking going to be appropriate for it? Yeah, of course. And I don't know for sure because I haven't talked with the guys about it, even though I'm on Team England as well. Mm. Um, But I have a feeling they would have thought potentially about what kind of factions we're bringing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think Thousand Suns is such a bad pick into the lineup of factions that we would take if they were going to guess our factions. Mm. And I think we have played the factions that people would guess. That we would be playing pretty much. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think Thousand Suns are not bad for that. It um let me see here. Yeah. I I think it's got an okay match uh, (laughs) uh-ish. It's a tricky one because the thing with Thousand Suns is the scoring isn't as dominant as it was before. Yeah, and that was the primary Uh, strength of the list, of course. So it's going to be interesting to see how far Manny's individual player skill takes a tricky army like Thousand Suns mm-hmm. and how maybe he can manipulate what is probably pairings which he should, you know, either lose a little bit by or draw against. And if he's able to manipulate it into into wins mm. and it, it only takes like one player in a team if it's a really close game to, to do that, to completely switch the score around. Mm-hmm normally in kind of larger team events you have a bracket of scoring which would result in a draw for the entire team mm. but in this particular event even winning overall if you add all of your team scores together if you win by one point you win the round mm-hmm. sometimes i think these little curveball is like brian's orcs uh, or manny's thousand sons, which are you know you would probably you know probably i would probably expect to beat every orc player that i come up against in tournaments mm-hmm. but you know, Brian might just throw a curveball and completely change that from what we've predicted and give a different score. And I have a feeling Manny probably sits in that category mm-hmm. with this curveball choice. Mm.
0: Interesting. Twenty terminated twenty terminators, by the way, guys. And uh, two units of three flamers. Fate Skimmer off the top of my head, ten blues, I think as well. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Not,
0: not the Thousand Suns list that gives you a lot of agency, I would say.
1: It's not very scary actually. Um, but it's got he's got all of the tools in there. Mm. Oh. Then we've got uh,
0: Mike Porter playing Gene Call. and this is reflective of the lists that have moved to the uh, Goliath trucks, I think, uh, as well. So I think did Mike play something similar at Warhammer Fest? Yeah, and
1: I think uh, Chewy did as well. So cool. And it's then a very Team
0: Englandy lists. Chris Kinnear, I think is playing has been playing Necrons for Team England for quite a while, right? It's been one of yeah, his main he, factions. He is playing awesome uh, high-leg Necrons with two big destroyer bricks, off the top of my head. Uh, and he's got the uh, the tomb. Is it the tomb blade plane? Uh, uh, it's called types, a night site yes. yes and then the uh you know of
1: melee units that can drop within uh within range of it. yep exactly as close as they want and uh he's interesting he's got no hex mark destroys He's mm. just got a lot of msu on this this is a very powerful teams list to be honest mm-hmm. um because adding the night sight then gives you and also the locust destroys being able to teleport gives you a lot of ability to blow out opponents all of a sudden yep. um, on top of just never losing games by a lot usually Yeah. Uh, very good all-round very very good list yeah Yeah. definitely um one to consider if you're playing teams uh
0: which is um great because they don't have a a very good singles performance of course uh as of recent but in teams you know very competitive faction I think
1: and then we've got Josh Roberts on Space Wolves. He ran this at Warhammer Fest, and we, he, he beat me uh, with, mm-hmm. this, uh, this kind of, with his Space Wolves. And Josh is insanely good at the game. Um, he's very methodical and careful. And the thing is, he's even better in teams than he is in singles, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played him once in teams as well, and he was paired into me with an awful matchup. Um, my Tau against just his Drukhari. <laughs> yeah. And um, he should have lost that game so badly, but he kept it so tight and only made it a small loss. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, he's playing a list which gives him a lot of ability just to express his player skill and keep uh, kind of hit scores that he wants to. Of course, yeah. And um, Spaceballs obviously being a very,
0: very competitive faction uh, at the moment as well, right?
1: Yeah. And then we finally got Robbo on Eldari. Uh, he ran this at Warhammer Fest as well. Uh, he's also running Swiss Strikes Masterful Shots. Uh, and there's a lot of similarities in our list, a few little differences. He's got no Night Spinners, and he's got two Phoenix Lords. Um, so he's, he's got a few pieces which he's chosen which help him in games against, say, Marines and things like that, maybe at the expense of uh, of the Mirror a little bit. Mm. Um, but you know, Robo's a brilliant player as well, and I think he'll uh, he'll have fun and do a, do well with this Eldar list for sure. For sure. Then uh, I would like to touch on a couple of other teams. We've yeah, got sure. uh,
0: Try hard War Gaming. Uh, Which and... one? Are we <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's three of them. Uh, this is great. I think uh, what I would say on this one is that from a purely outsider's perspective, and I know the guys um, might listen to this, so um, they know I, I do really mean this in good faith. Is um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing this is that if i were to create the best lineup from try hardball gaming i think they have spread some of their some of their best players across the three teams and like i said there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um teams at the end of the day comes down to you know players that you want to play with different in competing interests uh factions you want to play there's you know with 15 people it's so hard to get you know the the, the gel just right unless people are really willing to make big sacrifices to create the best team but they have um, a ton of players uh and they all play on discord as
1: well they all play on TTS a lot this is crazy this is like a TTS community yeah they have three teams Dave I know it's just (laughs) in the UK what the hell (laughs) this this is like the most
0: like a grassroots uh, team I've ever seen um yeah uh, they're awesome by the way like we we chat there all the time um but yeah their their first team has got Chris Patterson on uh, I'm gonna say Ironhands he's got Adeptus Studies. Uh, danny porter from team poland uh leagues of oten kylo turley uh, who's been playing imperial knights a long time uh perry alexandre uh on uh, Astra militarum and uh which is just a general born soldiers list which i think is a great choice and then tom brown playing orcs as well so uh an interesting lineup there i think there's you know potentially the weaknesses there is having two armies with two big footprints of leagues of Otan and imperial knights being maybe vulnerable to shooting but maybe maybe we can go through some when we go through the logic we'll, we'll like kind of explain what our initial thoughts are so to speak
1: mm-hmm.
0: but um for sure try hard to try hard to try harder <laughs> um is the second team <laughs> uh we've got alexander mason playing chaos demons james march playing gene Steel the Colt matt stevenson's playing yanari uh sam nash playing space wolves and tristram Allen playing world ears and then the best team name of uh the entire tournament i think try hard with a vengeance <laughs> fantastic <laughs> uh Dylan Asher playing leagues of boat owners been playing the lov for a while actually uh Josie uh Cartwright playing Necrons who top 16 at the she's a beast of the actually
1: she's just like she is a beast. everyone yes yeah <laughs>
0: um I would love to see Josie uh playing a much better faction because I think she's got real talent to um she, to really she only
1: it. loses by like a point uh yeah.
0: when she does lose so yeah. uh, there's oftentimes people that make it track. deep in tournaments but make very still glaring mistakes but you look at some people playing they they play the game right throughout the time and um you, you could say that they got a little bit more potential beyond them so uh i personally think josie is up there and i hope she makes a big splash for the 10th edition uh mm-hmm. kenneth ward who's a UKTC regular as well playing sisters which
1: is a, a really interesting choice if you can dodge oh, um, i was really indirect. thinking about this mm. to be honest and i think sisters sit in this meta for a team events so so well mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, looking at, like, the Team England list, if, if I had ran Sisters instead of Eldari, I think my um, Matrix would have been better almost entirely across the board, except for against Space Wolves. Really? Wow. Uh, and even against Space Wolves, potentially. Um, yeah, I think the Eldar list is worse in every matchup than Sisters would have been. Wow. Sisters have just dropped off the uh, cliff. Haven't I know, they, they have. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, um, I don't know if this is his actual name, but uh, Riz Platon. Uh, playing Iron Warriors. Uh, if you are playing Iron Warriors, okay. you are a beast.
1: <laughs> is it actually Iron Warriors? It says oh, Iron it is. Warriors. There. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I'm looking into it. It's got obliterators. He is a, <laughs> let's he is go, a beast. Baby. <laughs> uh, and then Thomas Bick is
0: playing um, what I'm assuming is going to be uh, Iron Hands there as well. Oh, so, yeah. it's, I, I, yeah, I really it's... like these. Uh, all, the, all the people from there are a really um, great bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've yeah, gone, And I think they're all going to do well, aren't they? For sure, yeah uh then we've got uh six plus plus uh good friends of ours as well oh yes crystal playing Yanari. Yeah. uh Ed Fawcett yes. playing uh adeptus custodes uh jack chapman playing tau uh lee churchill playing astra militarum good on him and then uh paul james playing dark angels and i think the dark angels list is uh close to 40-ish terminators uh so mm-hmm. that's an interesting because still, uh,
1: he's still going with it yeah paul he's not giving up on um no, it's not 40-ish Terminators, day. No, but there's Bladeguard veterans, which I'm counting as Terminators in there. Yeah, he's actually got a mixture. Yeah. He's got attack bikes, he's got Desolation Marines. Oh, take it back. He's got two Talent Masters. It's all, it's, oh, that's always a nice mixed list from Paul. <laughs>
0: and Lee is playing uh, Born Soldiers as well, uh, which mm-hmm. is just a really well-rounded Born Soldiers list. He's got uh, mm-hmm. three heavy mortars, which is, uh, three mortars, which is an interesting choice because... You know, in teams, sometimes mortars can be absolutely horrifically good. So, mm-hmm. in Bornsogris, sure. no all these days uh, to minus the um, to reduce the hit penalty, though. So, it's an interesting choice. I'm, I'm keen to see how those ones go. I suspect they could be quite good in teams, actually. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then we've got. Like, oh, sorry. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep blasting through. We've got a yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got a team called Army Reactor, uh, who yes. has some definite notables on here. We've got Adam Lane playing Iron Hands. Uh, insert generic mm-hmm. Iron Hand list here uh john swallow playing um i think it's about 150 (laughs) necron warriors Warriors? oh my goodness (laughs) give me a give me a headache (laughs) and then then we've got mike duff uh a man after my heart playing armored superiority swift as the Wind, imperial guard no leontis one two three four five six uh Six Lehman Russes and a Rogal Dawn and three Chimeras. So let's go, baby. I was chatting to Mike about this yesterday, <laughs> This is a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff.
1: That's a lot of tanks. Uh,
0: and then we've got Nathan Roberts playing uh, Chaos Knights, which I'm assuming mm-hmm. is very similar to his Warhammer Fest list that he played previously. And then we've got Peter Duff, who I'm assuming is Mike's brother, uh, playing World Eaters as well. So I think that's it's uh, quite a good team there, actually. This is a
1: very good team, yeah. actually, for for this event, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. Anyway, and then I think... Have we got a Warmasters team here? Oh, where is that? so we've got... Warmasters Alpha. Warmasters Alpha. You can go through this one. Oh, okay. Cool. So uh, we've got Raf- Raphael Harbinson, who I think normally plays White Scars, but he is... How have they managed to do this? They've moved him over to Iron Hands. <laughs> so a strong start with the Iron Hands. Andrew Bourbon on his Grey Knights, who's yep. so very experienced with it. We've got Jamie uh, Jamie Balcom with his Adeptus Custodies again, mm-hmm. experienced with it. Uh, we've got Jack. Uh, you talked about Jack earlier in the uh, in the podcast, sure. who's running his Disciples of Bellicor, um, which I think is going to be really good at this event. Actually, yeah. he's got so much practice with it. Um, and then we've got the, the mighty Nassim Fushain, mm-hmm. uh, who is here with his Tau, and I'm so glad he's bringing his Tau back in action. Yeah, um, He's actually s- skewed his list a little bit interestingly here. He's uh, not running any Riptides, yeah. um, and he's running a second unit of Crisis Battlesuit. So he's got the normal unit that he normally runs, Cyclic Ion, Blaster Burst Cannon, Plasma Rifle. But he's also brought a unit with Two airburst fragmentation launches each. Yeah, spicy. Um, and that's a yeah. five. That's a five hundred point yep. unit of airburst. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that is going to be nice. fun to play, though. Let's be honest. That's uh, that's a super interesting list. He's got all the buffs for it as well between long strike yep. shadow sun. Um, so Yeet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep an eye on his scores because that's going to be
0: awesome for sure. And another interesting team that I think cropped up here: uh, a team called Fire and Dice, who have Everyone being a very regular player, uh, we've got Byron Saito, uh, absolutely lovely gent, playing Chaos Demons with... I think he's got the three big boys. I think he's got Bellacore, Bloodthirster, uh, and Kairos. Kairos, So uh, that's a sweet list. Uh, And then we've got... um, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce Dennis's last name um, because I'm from New Zealand. But Dennis playing Necrons and he's played Necrons um, for a long time, man. Uh, He actually won his first major... Uh, on the Coventry two-dayer last year, I want to say.
1: Um, Do you think that is his actual surname or is it a Necron name? Because that is so necrony. that's incredible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's
1: also got a
0: skull and um, and flex emoji in his name. So, uh, that's oh, fair. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got uh, Ewan Bedford Cooper, who also does a Warhammer written blog, if that's the kind of thing you Oh, you're it's a very well. good blog as yeah, well, actually. takes a lot of pictures um i've had the pleasure of playing him a couple of times playing black Mm. legion so he's going the abaddon's actual legion nice (laughs) and we've got matt reed playing iron hands and we've got sid Saidu playing imperial knights has played that for a long time as well so quite a good team this one actually as well i think yeah absolutely solid all around and then i think perhaps the last one we'll take off here today is mind goblins only because they mm-hmm. somehow got second every single tournament <laughs> uh oh this is a cool team this actually. is a really cool team yeah um yeah. don madlow's uh new team and we've got dom Medlow playing chaos demons we've got kyle grundy on Tau. and i believe dom's list is just undivided uh not symbols of Bellacore. uh kyle cool. grundy on Tau.
1: we've got L- two lewises wow yeah. this is a, so lewis Fitzsimmons is someone i've known since i started playing 40k awesome um so i'm really i'm really hyped to to see him uh well. so yeah like uh like you said we got lewis Fitzsimmons
0: on uh gray knights and then we've got mm-hmm. louise bellington on dark angels i'm gonna inspect this list and get it right this time and then we've got tom green playing Goffs. i think Goffs is a great choice of this tournament personally nice uh, yeah
1: solid solid uh solid thing do vanguard tactics not have a team if kyle's here oh Kyle, actually no kyle's doing his towel thing isn't he Oh, I, I would recommend that if anyone's interested in Tau. The Pure Tide program uh, is Carl Grundy's Tau coaching service. Mm. Uh, and it's actually a very, very good Discord. I'm on there. Okay. And I listened to one of his interviews with Nassim, because they brought both brought Tao to uh, Warhammerfest. Yeah. And the way they went through each game, which is, is actually extremely valuable if you're interested in Tau. So um, anyone who's interested in that, give a Pure Tide program nice. a look. If you like fishing? Go uh <laughs> <and fish. laughs> I love fishing,
0: actually. Uh, Vanguard Tactics do have a team. Ben Jones playing Asturani, which he's always played. I think Asturani might be good here, actually, because if you can Is dodge the indirect... yeah, yeah,
1: not, not Yanari. Oh, he's a big Yanari guy. He's oh. not playing Yanari. Oh, I'm disappointed, he's, actually. He's gone for uh, he's gone for triple Phoenix Lord here. So he's triple got Baharoth, Irelith, and Karandras. Triple Warwalker. Nice. Boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we've got uh, George playing
0: Chaos Demons. Jack Downing playing Dark Angels, uh, Jake Harding playing Knights, and then Mike Costello playing Tyranids. Oh, let me look at this list because I was I next to this. Mike Costello playing uh, the same list, actually, by the looks of it. Yep, playing the same uh, Tyranid list uh, next to me in the game uh, versus Carl Grundy, actually. Uh, you know, he's got the Screamy Killers in there, you know? Uh, no yeah. Stephen Box. That's a shame. That is a shame, yeah. We've got, yeah, yeah. I would like to say, Mike Costello, I think, is probably the most. Um, if you look at it from a statistical perspective, he's probably mm-hmm. one of the most dedicated tournament players out there, because he <laughs> has taken Turnids for a long time, man. And yeah. I know he used to play Deathwatch, and I think Deathwatch are in did. a good spot right now, actually. So, but he's sticking I'm with
1: it, you know. I'm surprised he hasn't switched back to the Deathwatch. To be honest, yeah. What's going
0: on, Mike? No, but uh, <laughs> his army does look really sweet as well. It's got uh, the green carapace on. Him. I like that. Nice nice yeah so that's the that's the tournament guys we're uh you know from our personal perspective obviously we're going to try and win it uh we're um yeah we've got people who are kind of deep experts on every single one of our factions I think uh so yeah we're really looking forward to it we've got our team Ignite uh shirts arriving oh yes they look so good so much effort has gone into these so uh, (laughs) yeah I know for me personally it means a lot um you know we kind of created the team Ignite a few awesome. months ago right and uh it's yeah. it feels like it's really culminating we had a great Warhammer fest uh but um this will be the first team tournament for us so we're ready to uh, lay down the hammer
1: yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, overall, this season has got off to a really great start for the team. And uh, everyone's doing really, really well. I think in the UKTC rankings for this season, I think the top 10 is filled with our team, yep. uh, which is great. Uh, so hopefully it continues. Hopefully it continues. There we go. We'll continue on episode
0: 24. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed the fireside this episode. If you are listening to this point, we really appreciate your support. Uh, there was a very humbling Reddit post made recently asking about the best podcasts, and somehow we made it to the number one upvoted uh, podcast. Which, oh
1: yeah, lots of people mentioned this, uh, which is really, really nice. Which is just baffling
0: because we don't put that much effort into this, <laughs> if we're being critical of ourselves. But we're going to be uh, we're going to be trying to up the ante a little bit soon. So um, thank yeah. you, we really appreciate you guys
1: absolutely guys and uh, yeah so see you at the next episode um this is uh, this has been a great chat about all the different teams attending uh, birmingham super major um did you have something you want to say no you? i'm good I'm, I'm just pumped oh I'm good. good man let's do it so i think uh birmingham super major is going to be awesome looking forward to seeing all of you guys there if you have any questions or want to ask us anything just pop a comment in yeah and see you next time by the fireside
0: thank you for listening to the 40k fireside podcast Vic and I hope you've enjoyed listening, and we greatly appreciate any feedback that you can provide after the show.